In your Bibles this morning, Psalm 63. Psalm 63. When we come to Psalm 63, David is writing and reflecting and the Lord is inspiring his pen as he's considering a very difficult time in his life. David, because of his own sin, uh, was beginning to suffer some great consequences. And then also, because of the rebellion of his son Absalom, uh, his heart was overwhelmed with all kinds of trouble and grief. As a matter of fact... Absalom, his own son, had gathered up a group of David's own servants against him and ran David off the throne. David was the rightful king of Israel, and now he's running for his life. We turn to Psalm 63, and in this passage of Scripture, David is dealing with this, and he's uh, bearing the grief and trying to come to grips with uh, this situation. I want you to read with me as we follow along, or follow along with me as I read in Psalm 63. This morning, the Bible says in verse 1, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Look with me in verse number 1. The Bible says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Today's message is titled this. My soul thirsteth for thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. And you could also call this message help for a thirsty soul. Uh, There's an emphasis here in verse number 1, and David makes it very plain how he's feeling at the moment. Uh, He says in verse 1, he says, My soul thirsteth for thee. Now, our soul is that part of us. We talked about this last week. Our soul is our intellect, emotion, and will. And emotionally, he was having a hard time. Spiritually, in his uh, demeanor, he was having a hard time. My soul thirsteth for thee. He was thirsty. He was yearning in his soul for something. How many of you have ever been really, really thirsty? Uh, thirst is no fun. Uh, fortunately, I'm so blessed. I was thinking this morning, earlier, I said, when does a time that I remember being really, really thirsty? And in the most recent past, I don't remember that time. That's something to be thankful for, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember the last time I was really, really, really hungry. I feel hungry about every three hours, but I don't think that's real. Uh, Thirsty. He says, I'm thirsting. He says in verse 1, my soul thirsteth for thee. 
My flesh longeth for thee. That word longeth is an interesting word. It's a, it's, he was becoming pale. He was becoming faint. He says, I want you. I need you so bad. The grief of this moment is so grievous that I'm fainting. I, I long for you. He says, in a dry and thirsty land. He says, it's dry. This situation, this circumstance, this moment in my life is dry. It's so dry, I'm parched in a dry and thirsty land. I don't know if you've noticed the repetition here. My soul thirsteth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. And David says, just in case you're not certain what I'm trying to emphasize yet, he says in verse number one, the last phrase, he says, I'm in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. (laughs) David's in a situation where his heart... His soul, his spirit, everything about him is thirsty. He's yearning for the Lord. He's yearning for some relief. He's longing for some help. He's thirsty. And in this passage of Scripture, we find help for a thirsty soul. David was actually dealing with something very difficult. You've heard this this statement, uh, that's a hard pill to swallow. That's where David was. He was having a hard time coming to grips with the fact that his own son had turned his back on him. He's having a hard time coming to grips that here he was once again in life hiding out in a cave. He's thirsty. He's in a dry and thirsty land. How many of you look around and you think, my lands? This is a dry and thirsty land. Let me tell you, there's help for a thirsty soul. There's help for someone like you or me that has a hard pill to swallow. There's help for the longing saint who needs some relief. Help for a thirsty soul. Let's consider these things this morning. Help for a thirsty soul. What should I do? What's some help for a thirsty soul? Number one, we should seek God first. If you find yourself in this situation where you are thirsty, where you need help, where you're yearning for something, we should seek God first. The Bible says in verse 1, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. I think that's significant that before David begins to tell us how bad it is and how thirsty he is and how difficult this moment is in his life, he reminds us that in this instance and in this case, I'm going to seek God first. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. He says, I'm going to turn to the Lord first. You know what we tend to do? We tend to turn to the Lord second, third, fourth, fifth. Sometimes we even turn to the Lord as a last resort. After we've tried everything else there is to try, then we turn to the Lord. Folks, that's the wrong way to go about the burdens of life. Help for a thirsty soul. We need to know that we should seek God first, early. Oh, how many times have folks sought the wrong thing in an effort to relieve the thirst of their soul? In an effort to get a little bit of relief from the anguish, they seek something that is wicked and wrong. Don't do that. David said, early will I seek thee. He sought God first. 
O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. Verse number 2, he says, I'm seeking you because I've seen you before. He says, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. David says something interesting. He says, I'm going to seek the Lord because God has proved himself faithful before. How many of you here today can testify to the fact that you've, you know that God in the past has been faithful to you before in difficult seasons. If that's you, would you say amen and raise your hand? No doubt. Now, you may be here and you're not able to say amen or raise your hand. Let me tell you something you can do. You can borrow from David. David is testifying under the authority of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, through the Word of God, that God had been faithful before and God would be faithful again. You can look around you and there's folks around you that testify to the fact that God has been faithful and helped them through difficult seasons and quenched the thirst of their souls. You can get help from them. God's faithful. You should turn to Him first. You may be here and your relationship with the Lord is very young and very new. Or maybe you've been in church your whole life, but you've come to a moment where you know that you need Him. I want to encourage you, seek Him first. Seek Him first. Seek Him first. What you need will not be satisfied in any place other than the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek God first. He says, I've seen you, God, before, and I'm seeking you now. You're faithful. He says in verse number 8, he says, I'm going to seek the Lord. He says, my soul followeth hard after thee. Why? Because thy right hand upholdeth me. Do you know what David had come to grips with and come to the realization? He'd come to the realization that if he would go to God, he would go somewhere to someone that could hold him up and meet his needs. He says, my soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. I'll just tell you, we all have problems that are too big for any of the solutions that the world has to offer. But none of us ever have a problem that's too big for God. Seek God first. Seek God first. Seek God first. What's seeking God really look like? This is a good place to start right here. In church, with Christian people, under the preaching of God's Word, I'd encourage you to stay for Sunday school. That's a great place to seek God. I'd encourage you to be back in church this evening seeking God. I'd encourage you throughout the week to find times to read your Bible and pray alone. Seeking God. We find God in God's Word. I'd encourage you to make an effort and make a habit out of hearing and faithful preaching of the Bible. Beyond just the pulpit of our church. We should be yearning to feed ourselves with God's Word, seeking God. We seek God as we seek to know Him through His Word. We seek God as we humble ourselves in prayer before Him, yearning for His will. Seek God. Help for a thirsty soul. Seek God. David at this moment had an opportunity to seek revenge. But he knew that wasn't the right thing to do. David at this opportunity had the opportunity... To seek sinful behavior that would numb the hurt of the moment. But he knew that wasn't the right thing to do. David said, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek God first. Hell for thirsty soul, number one, seek God first. Seek God first. Number two, help for a thirsty soul. Remember eternity. Remember eternity. Now, the Bible says in verse 3, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Now, at a moment in David's life when things were the worst, the worst. Now, it's one thing to be David and King Saul be out to get you. We've been preaching on Sunday night through the life of David. And uh, our next message, Lord willing, in 1 Samuel will be uh, chapter 31 of 1 Samuel when Saul actually dies. And David's war and battle with Saul is over. Now, I'll just tell you, it was a grievous thing for David all those years. Ten years in exile, running for his life from Saul. It was grievous. It was heartbreaking. It was devastating. He loved Saul. He wanted to serve Saul. He was respectful and honorable to Saul. And it was heartbreaking to have somebody like Saul out to get you and hate you. But I'm certain that David... In all the years he ran from Saul, never experienced a grief that was as great as the one when he realized that his own son Absalom was out to get him. I mean, it's one thing for a wicked king of the nation of Israel like Saul to hate you. But your own son, he's suffering, he's struggling. As a matter of fact, it was a, a blow in his lifetime that would probably never be surpassed life, his own son. So David says something that's very important. He says in verse 3, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. David had to get to a place where he looked beyond the moment and looked into the future knowing that God had a plan that was better than life. Well, we get caught up in life, don't we? I do. I really love life. And I think that's fine. You should too. I love life. I like so many things about life. There's so many activities in life that I love. I love my family. I love my church. I love my community. I love deer hunting and fishing and golfing and all those things. I love it. I love life. But I want you to understand that we must always remember that there is something that we have that is better than life. You know what happens? We put so much stake in life that when one of our plans for life gets upset, we get so bothered and upset and devastated that we forget that there is something that we have and possess that is better than life itself. We have eternity. David said, now this is awful. He says, here I am running for my life. My own son's out to get me. He says, what am I going to do? Where can I turn? What is, what is a, a help for the thirsting of my soul? This is a hard pill to swallow. And he remembered something. God gave it to him. 
He said, thy loving kindness is better than life. You know, there's something better than life. Now, I'll just tell you, if it hasn't yet, it will. Life will throw you some curveballs. As a matter of fact, life will throw you worse than a curveball. Sometimes life will throw a fast pitch right in the face. Have you ever had a fast pitch right in the face in life? <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Well, we've got to remember is that our existence goes far beyond the years that we live and we have eternity to look forward to. Now, I'm not telling you to wish away your life so we can get rid of all these burdens and go to heaven. I'm looking forward to that day. And the longer I live, the more I look forward to it. But I am saying this. There's life beyond life. And we need to remember eternity. David said, Lord, whatever your purpose is in this moment, I'm trusting you because I know that there is something that I have and I possess through you that is better than life. Better than life. I've thought often and much in the last few days about life. It's a tragic few days. As a matter of fact, tomorrow is a really tragic day. We'll have a funeral for Kathy Wharf. Kathy was just 70. It's too soon, too early. So in a few, did a funeral with Pastor Chuck on Friday, and we're in the car together, and I'm thinking about Miss Linda, and I miss her. Uh, she died too soon by our standard. Going to be with the family of Stephen Trail this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon. I think, my lands, too soon. Life. And I'll just tell you, it's a hard pill to swallow. And my soul thirsteth. In a dry and thirsty land. But I need to remember something. I must remember something. I must remember that there is something far more important than just the years that we live. We have eternity with the Lord. Sometimes life is very difficult. As a matter of fact, often life is very difficult. There's a sweet, sweet truth that the loving kindness of the Lord is better than life. And our relationship with Christ exceeds and goes beyond the days of our lives. And we must constantly remember that God has something precious for us in eternity where sin has not decayed anything remember eternity he says thy loving kindness is better than life because thy loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise thee he said you know what at this moment life is so dry and thirsty that i'm having a hard time being thankful he says lord i'm going to thank you for eternity i want to thank you that there's life beyond life, that there's hope for 
all the ages. God has a plan and a purpose. We need to remember eternity. Look, when you find yourself the lowest of the low, you remember that life is short, eternity is long, and God's plan is perfect and sweet and right. And we have hope, not just for the years of our lives, but for all of eternity. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name, verse 4. Seek God first. Remember eternity. Finally, number three, expect God's help. Expect God's help. Now look, it's easy to get in the moment where we're so thirsty and dry and our souls have crusted over that we forget that God desires and will and does help us not just after our deaths and eternity, but throughout all of our lives. David says something very important in verse number 5. He says, Lord, my soul shall be satisfied. What's he say? He's looking into the future, the very near future, and he says, I'm going to be satisfied. At this moment in David's life, he was the lowest of the low. He's already told us that he longed for the Lord. He was dry and thirsty. There's no water here. There's no hope. There's no help. He says, but I know something to be true. My soul shall be satisfied. Are you looking for God's blessing? It's possible to get so faithless and so low that we fail to look for the fact that God can take care of this burden. Have you ever been so low that you get to the place where it doesn't matter what anybody says, it doesn't matter what God says, it doesn't matter what the Bible says, you see no hope, no brightness. Folks, you shouldn't stay there. You don't have to stay there. There's no reason to stay there. You see, we can expect God's help. David begins to praise the Lord. The next thing, after he begins to praise the Lord, then he begins to anticipate the fact that God is going to help him through the depths of this burden. He says, My soul shall be satisfied, as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. He says, There's coming a time in the very near future where I'm going to praise you, Lord, and I'm just trusting that to be true. Verse 6, When I remember thee upon my bed... And meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. He says, I'm planning on you being faithful. I'm planning on you being faithful. Folks, there's help for a thirsty soul. You're here today and you say, oh my, the burden's deep. The load is heavy. Prospect is of joy in the near future doesn't look good. You remember something. Seek God first. Don't quit seeking the Lord. Don't quit trusting the Lord. Seek God first. Number two, remember eternity. God's purposes exceed the years of our lives. Remember eternity. Finally, expect God's help. Are you looking for God to bless? Or have you just given up on him? You see, there's hope, there's anticipation, there's reason for us to trust. Expect God's help. God's going to help you. Expect it. Plan on it. You can bank on it. God will help you. You can trust Him.
There's some help for a thirsty soul. Trust in the Lord.